it gets reflective this week on Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker. What would your warning label be if you came with one? Um, mm. Mine is will not shut the fuck up about Marvel. Mine would be, uh, uh, I don't know. There is so many. <laughs> oh, um, James, that's not a good reason to be saying, um. I know, right? Um, it, I guess I would say, um, uh. Is too responsible over, a warning label? Overly accommodating and, um, and, uh, what was the other one that I was going to do? Uh, I don't know. I totally forgot. I literally just lost my indecisive. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't decide. <laughs> couldn't Overly decide accommodating and indecisive. Yeah. Is what I would say. So you couldn't um, pick, but you had to answer the question. Yeah, I'm like a people please. I've really realized that about me recently. It's like I like I got to do a better job at like um like you ever you ever have like periods in your life like even just brief ones where you realize like you have this like trait and you don't know like what to do about it exactly because it's like kind of like it's like not a negative trait necessarily, but it also makes your life harder. So is it like is it the good That's kind of hard? usually called being a good That's person? Hard. Is it? Well, yeah. typically the people who are responsible individuals that manage their calendars and schedules that are responsive when people ask them things that are reliable when they are asked to do things, who have a sense of right and wrong and justice and do the right thing. Those are also the people whose lives typically suck more for it in the day-to-day. Uh, is that, but is that, like, is that a trait that should be, I don't know how, encouraged is the right word, because obviously to be selfless is, like, a good thing, but it's well, more, it's, it's not even for the sake of the person who's doing it, it's the, the people around them, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. is that good idea to embed in people's mentalities that there are people who will just like make time and space for you so that's where it's on the person to set boundaries right um in having the uh reliableness in being that person who they they know oh you'll pick up you'll pick it up or doing the right thing, all that stuff. It's, you got to do all that stuff, but then it's also the matter of saying, this is my limit. I need to step away now, or I have too much on my plate at the moment. I cannot take this on, or I'm not going to say yes to that thing. 
Some of it's a matter of, yes, other people not taking advantage of your generosity. But you also have to, uh, much like when it comes to charitable giving, it doesn't do you any good to charitably give if in doing so you become a charity case. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very fair. A saying I really like, and I'm not, I did not come up with this, it's, it's been out there, but, uh... You got, much like when you get on an airplane and they go through the safety spiel, you got to put on your own oxygen mask before you can help others. Yeah, that's well said. That's, that's, it's tough. It's tough to, uh, I don't know if it's, I think it's, it's a personal thing with me. I also think it's a cultural thing coming from the Midwest. Cause like, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're like, it's very much a culture of like causing as little of a confrontation as possible. Like direct yes. confrontation, it does not exist. Like it just well, doesn't. I'm not saying I think it's different. Doesn't though. exist. No, no, no. I think okay. I think it's a different concept though, because there's the Midwest is definitely not the only culture to avoid conflict. Case in point, the South. Uh, you know, now that I say that, there's a whole war on that. Um. <laughs> But no, in the South, it's much more passive-aggressive, right, of, oh, aren't you just the sweetest? Yeah. You're trying so hard. Whereas, in the Midwest, it's, oh, sorry about that. If it's no trouble, no trouble at all, like, I don't want to bother you. Like, it's not a matter of not wanting to have confrontations. It's a matter of not wanting to impose ourselves on reality. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Reality was here first. Yeah, we don't want to be an inconvenience. <laughs> if it's not inconvenient for you, do you think you could help me get into the ambulance? <laughs> Look, it, it, only if you're going by the hospital. Otherwise, like, I can I can drive myself. I know I'm missing an arm, but I'll get there. Yeah, I'll get there. I know where it is. I just want to make sure that, you know... If you guys could take me, that'd be great. But if not, it's honestly fine. I can, I can get there. Oh, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I, sorry. I'll... I made you come all the way out here. I'm so sorry. This is, it's a whole thing. I know. Oh, I'm going to scooch you past you. Gotta... You're uh, parked in front of my car. Yeah. Oh, oh, let me just skip right past you. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's hard. Um, Cause it's like, you don't want to, there becomes this like fear then of like that minor, that that infinitesimal little hinge point, you know, where you like tell someone no, basically, and it's like that minor charge of like awkward, like you know. Well, and I think part of it too, and this is very anecdotal, but saying no is hard from the Midwest. I don't know how it is in other places, but it's very difficult to say no because. And I imagine, like, at least with, like, the South, maybe even some of the just general West, it's a little bit more like this. I don't know how it is on the East Coast, but you have so many... One moment. You have so many obligations that... Bless you. You have so many obligations that family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, your supervisors, that, like... To say no to any of them, you're being rude. Like, it's rude to say no. Unless you really, truly, absolutely can't do it and have a good, valid reason not to. Right? Like, 
if somebody asks for help moving, if you're free, if you don't have other things going on, you say, what time? Yeah. The benefit of that, though, is in turn, you're, it's literally living out the, you get what you give of, yes, the downside is kind of this obligation and feeling like you're put upon and all this other stuff. But then as you do live your life and it becomes, it's your turn to ask of others, they will say yes. Theoretically. That's, that's, um, that's fair. No, that's well Someday I'll get to that point where I get to ask of other people, but. Yeah, right now it's a lot of, uh, no, and, and it's it's good to have like the support system, and it's good to you know, I think learn that type of stuff. Um, and it's obviously it's like this might even just be something. Maybe it isn't that much of a regional thing. Maybe there are people who live in California or Alabama or you know Rhode Island who can attest to you know cultures like that maybe it's more of just a a kind of a universal but it does seem at least it seems often stereotyped you know in the u.s and it's and it's hard it's it's like hard um i realized that like especially um like i love you know living with like roommates or stuff like that it's really fun like you get connected with so many people you go to places you would never even think to go um you could, you need to do all this stuff basically, but it's also right. tough because it's like it's like there's the the those relationships require like attention and renewal and investment and um oh shit I'm sorry hold on uh no don't switch I don't think um can you still hear me am I yeah. still on okay cool um. They require all those things, and it's like, oh, well, no, duh, it's a human relationship. Like, it requires, it, like you're describing, it's like a back and forth. But it's also, I don't know, I, I think it's still it's still tough, especially because, like, I've realized more and more, especially, it, honestly, in the past few months, more than almost any other time in my life, like, I'm really not, like, an extroverted person. Like, <laughs> I don't know how you feel about yourself and where you draw, like, energy from, because that's, like... That's the definition I've most often heard is like where do you draw your that, energy from being yeah, away from people not, or being with people? Exactly. It's not how people like extroverts and introverts, it's not how people express themselves. It's like where do they actually derive like getting energy from? And I definitely like I have fun going, you know, going out to social functions and doing all that. But I am like I You get to the end and you're just drained. I am much more of a, of an indoor person. Like I am much, much more of just a, like, like a hermit, honestly. And, and like, I, you need to have like social interaction. You do. It's just, I'm just, I've just realized, I don't know, some of that stuff. See, and I'm, by instinct, I'm an extrovert in that I get energy from being around people. The more I'm around people, the kind of more jazzed up and energistic I am, but in a weird way, it's like, how do I explain it? It's kind of like a sugar high or like any other kind of like drug high 
where I get around people. I'm amped. I love talking with people. I love being around them. Like literally when I'm like left alone too long, I have to force myself to go out and hang out with people because I'm like, I don't want to leave my house, but I know I will have a great time if I go and I will feel so much better if I go. But the minute I get home and I'm not around people, I'm suddenly just like the rush is over. I, I'm I'm alone now and it sucks and I hate it. And then the longer I'm left alone, the longer the more it builds up of like, don't bother me, I don't wanna don't talk to me. Leave me alone. Yeah, that's true. It 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 does begin to become almost like a little bit of a landslide a tomb you start getting kind of mummified a little bit and I, and I get mummified like that despite knowing socialization is what will bring my energy back and make me feel better I mean do you have times still where you will go into a period of like uh, uh solitudes and not as much still- rejuvenating or is it most of the time is it is it genuinely like oh this sucks um i think it's a little bit of a balance thing right like i need to have some i need about one to two days a week that are mine like i need one like after work day that's just mine and i need like one Mm -hmm. weekend day that's just mine the rest yeah, of it, well said. I'm. Let's go. Let's ready. I'm. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Um, and I can do much like with work, right? I've noticed with work when it comes to it doesn't matter the job, any job I have. I can do five days a week, forty hours, and I can push past that for a short amount of time, like a short of couple weeks. Maybe a month at most. But if I do any more than that, and honestly, I don't think of maybe like two, maybe three weeks of either more than eight hours a day or more than five days a week. Yeah. And if I do like more than two to three weeks of that, I just get burned out super quick. I burn out that much faster. And in a similar way, if I'm socializing every, like, if I'm not at home any day of the week, like, just at home, like, that I don't have plans, I can do that for about three weeks, two to three weeks, and then I start to get exhausted. The flip side of that, if I go two to three weeks with no with nothing, of barely any exterior social plans... I get a really like cabin fever combined with nobody look at me. I don't want to be around people. Leave me to wallow in my sanctum. Eventually I will go out. Like I will, whether it's literally like having to go out for groceries or, and this is when the times where I was alone, like eventually you go out and you go for groceries or you go to a restaurant or a bar, you know, you go to the library, a movie. Like, I do think people are naturally like staying 
isolated is really un- unless well, nature I do, itself I do want to draw a line I mm-hmm. don't consider those activities that are just on my own socialization right yeah yeah no no I agree yeah, yeah. um like oh uh, shit you mean out in public and stuff like that okay. yeah like I don't if you if it's if not you a matter of being out in public someone? I mean like not socializing with my friends I see I see I see so okay. like I'll I'll, like, live, like, for those two weeks where I'm just, like, holed up in my house, like, I'll go out and get groceries, I'll go get dinner, I'll go to a movie, but it's just me, myself, and I, in in all things. What if uh, you end up talking, like, what if you end up going to a restaurant or a bar or an event and you end up talking to someone? Do you consider that socialization? Uh, I don't. because okay. I don't do that though. Um, but like, cause like I don't, I don't really go to restaurants on my own, and I really don't like bars are for like going with my friends. I don't, I don't like going to bars alone. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would say it depends on the place. Uh, restaurants are much better because it's like find a good place to eat that you enjoy to go. Like the uh, way I figured, if I'm gonna go eat dinner alone. I might as well just take it back to the comfort of my own home. That's very true. Where I don't have to worry about, like, servers coming to the table or refills or anything like that. Sometimes it's nice. I've done it. I I did it when I used to live in Marquette. I I would go to breakfast in Iowa on my own and stuff like that. I think, like, for me, the biggest issue is, is um, you know, like, uh, I think I've told this story before. I, I don't know, though. I... It, I used to um, ride uh, when I was a kid. I used to ride my 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 bike, and I'm talking like when I was like five, like five or six, maybe. I would like ride my bike up and down my block outside of my uh, parents' house mm-hmm. uh, back in our hometown, and I would literally be like um, talking to myself, like I would be like talking out. Yeah. Like stories like to myself and stuff. And my sister says that she has memories of like trying to like join me and I basically I like pushed her away basically. So there's a there's a been some like part of me for whatever reason from from like a very young age where it's like almost entirely self satisfied, which is not necessarily a good thing. Like it's not really like it's something i think that's useful for like you know um i don't really i don't really know how to say it's like it's useful in some aspects of socialization because it does give you a sense of like even for all the stuff i was talking about about you know being pulled in different directions by people it does give you a sense of like relative independence um but at the same time, like, it's an issue where you can definitely, like, trick yourself into thinking, like, oh, you don't need people at all and wouldn't just be better. Um, which is, like, oh, I think that's something. I, see, that, I like, never experienced that. I, like... like when Even when they're, like, where I'm isolating, it still ends up with me wanting people. I just don't. I'm a horrible, uh, I am a horrible, I oscillate, uh, wildly, where it's like, and this is the problem, too, it's like, you know, 
because right now I'm living in like New York. It's like in New York, there's nothing to do but socialize. That's like the only yeah. thing that people do. Like all you ever do is go out for drinks or go get food or um, do all this stuff. Like it is the only thing that there is to do is is something that augments a social activity. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, and like you know, like I've been uh, looking at homes in some of the places I, I used to live in the Midwest, and like you know, I've been thinking of like maybe in the next year or so, maybe like thinking of move back. And I'm just thinking, like, oh, man, it'd be nice to be in, like, this quiet, sleepy little Midwestern town. Get a lot of snow in the winter. Like, find a, a good place to raise, like, kids, maybe, if I if I want to. Uh, maybe even, like, a place where I can, like, continue a little bit of an education or something. Um, but then at the same time, I remember, like, you know being there or even visiting there i visited a place la like that i used to live last uh this past summer and i was even thinking like man this is like really cool but even like uh you know when you move to a place like there your social circle um you're kind of like locked in to like that area obviously that town yep. you know and it's a very different feeling from like like New York is really cool because there's always some people moving in and out of it through it. Like it, there's a real current here, but that's also what keeps real permanence from forming is the fact that a lot of people who live here are kind of like just visiting in one way or another. I but think long story short. Yeah. I think part of that though, yeah. is what are you looking for at whatever period in your life? Um, yeah. It sounds like you're kind of getting to the point where you want more permanence where you want to have that, okay, I'm solidifying my life a little bit and having some consistency in terms of places and people and things. Yeah, and it's hard, too, because it's, like, I, I think, like, and, and because I'm kind of, like, um, uh, hyper, uh, how should we say this? Um... <laughs> I can't use that word as a descriptive word. Um, oh, uh, it's the A word. I can't. I can't use that word. Um, not on yourself, unless you're on the spectrum. Not on myself, unless I'm on the spectrum. I, I, not on I other have, people either. Uh, but I have tendencies. Some like tendencies that could we could say like mirror certain tendencies of uh, of someone like that. To you have your way. Yeah, I have my way, uh, but instead of it being like all sciencey and mathematical, it's more of like an art. It's more of a, a liberal arts version of that. It's, really it's just like how you I, are. I know that's my side of the spectrum. Yeah, and yeah, I, I like things to be very particular and very and and I I organize like uh, my life into kind of like you know because I, I've been very hyper focused on stories and telling stories and writing stories and like getting as much of them as I can, um, you start to structure, you see, you start to see your life as such, as like a story and like how you start thinking of yourself as like, if I was a character at this level in the story, like, why are they where they are? What are oh, they doing? See, you reminded you know, me of a fascinating podcast I listened to yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Um, where they discussed character arcs 
Okay. And made the point, because they're all, like, writers, right? Uh, it's a little, basically a writer's room. It's the Dungeons & Daddies after show. Um, okay. But they were talking about their recent episode where, because they're in season two right now, and season two is focused on the grandchildren of the original characters. And the current, like, arc in season two is focused on the grandchildren who have already reunited with, like, they're with their parents, now going to find the grandparents and reuniting with the grandpas, who are the original season one characters, and, ha like, learning and building those family moments with them and kind of going through some of that history. But the most recent one pointed out that, like, oh, at the end of season one, this character said they were going to improve and be a better dad than their own dad was and like they were gonna be there for their kid and they really didn't and the freddie wong who it's his character he was like yeah i thought this was a really cool interesting thing to do because so often so much in stories characters have their character arc and we say okay that's done They're, they've grown that's the growth. They're good now. No, nothing to worry about from here. When yeah, in reality, like, people are messier. We backslide. All the time. All the time. And it, it is it is tough because it's like, um, that's what I think telling a story in that medium of like Dungeons and Dragons of like a role playing game is fascinating because it's like, it is a lot like life. Like you have this idea where the story is going to go. And you know that in order for it to really be like, the game has to have rules. We want to get somewhere near the end of the story that was initially initially plotted out for us. But, but the random variables get introduced. The, the human element gets put into the table. And it really does. Like, even just a D&D &D campaign I ran, um, we're getting near the, near the end, right? Like, it, it was starting to peter off a little bit. And there was a combat where two of the players just straight up died. Like, I didn't expect the combat to go the way it did. Uh, they didn't use the best tactics they could have as a whole team. And two of the players died. To the point where I stopped them. I stopped the session. We were online. We were playing on Discord. I stopped the session. I was like, alright, five minute water break. I'll be back. And I, I, I got off the call and I went and talked to another DM friend of mine. He's been on this show way back in the day, Ryan. And I was like, what do I do? Like two of them died. What do I do? And he was like, all right. Entity from beyond offers them uh, an exchange to bring them back to life. But then obviously like they have to do something for the entity. Like they got to go kill a dragon or some shit. But in exchange, they get brought back to life. So I did that. One of them took it. The other didn't. And I was like, wow. Your character had so much... Like, had stuff they wanted to do. But you're also stuck to your character being a, like, lawful good character who would not make a deal with this entity. So yeah, life is, uh, life is complicated. It is, and it's tough, you know, and, and, and I think, like, but it's it's also, that's the hard thing, is, like, because we, because I, I think the story is, like, before the Enlightenment, before the natural sciences got 
um, really became like uh, a, a, a kind of like a fountain that we went to um, for knowledge, like the story. And I would still make a hard case that it is today. Like still the story is to human relationships what like the atom is to matter. Like it's the fundamental like building block and particle of like who we are and what we do. Um, yeah. I mean, this it's like how we communicate. Like you just imparted a bunch of information to me through by telling a story. Um, I mean, it's really like, it's it's a simplification of filters, right? Of because no matter how um, logically you want to convey something, you're always going to filter it through your own perceptions, opinions, emotions, ideas of what is useful or not, and in doing so, you're telling a story of like yourself and what you value in how you convey that information even if it's supposed to be the most logical thing in the world absolutely and that's the strangest thing about it is you kind of learn from a story twice like you learn from it if you've lived through it and then you learn from it again by like telling it you know what i mean because you might yep. find new things in doing it but my ultimate point with like introducing that idea was that the idea that it's like it's like a way to kind of see your life, but it's also that like you, you said as well, it's like, it's not accurate. Like it doesn't fit, you know? And, and even if you want to look at yourself as like, if you've steeped yourself in that kind of research and you want to look at yourself as like, like trying to apply those, like the, the physics of storytelling to your own life. Like it just doesn't, it can almost line up, but it doesn't quite work. Um, and it's, it's hard. Cause it's like what, you're basically asking, and I think especially you and me being kind of like um, a little in the in the twilight of our mid twenties, like twilight of mid twenties. Yeah, relatively. What are late twenties? I mean, That's just how that is. We're creeping there. We're like, I don't think late twenties is until look after twenty seven. There is, I think twenty. There's your twenties. Your early twenties. Your late 20s. There's your 20s. Your 20s as a whole. I think there's early 20s. So it's 20, 21, 22 is early. No, 20, 21, 22, 23 is early. 24, 25, 26 is mid. And then 27, 28, 29, 30 is late. Uh, I think 24 and 27 are like shoulder periods between the two. I think like... 24 is like the beginning of your it's the very end of your early 20s into the beginning of your late 20s and then 27 is the very end of your mid 20s beginning into your late 20s i just say the same thing twice well you Does said that, that 24 and 27 are the beginning of your late 20s so uh, not, nobody knows not, anything not, no. 20, 24 as the beginning of your mid 20s and the end of your early 20s 27 as the end of your mid twenties and the beginning of the late twenties is like what I would say. That's, that's I guess. Me. I that's that's just how I I think of it personally. Maybe I'm just trying to make myself feel better, but it's just like you get to this point in your life, and it's like you're still young enough to feel that like pull and the that have that youthful energy, but you're also starting to get to the point where you're like, starting to realize you're almost thirty. Yeah, these patterns are settling in, and you're like you're you're like thinking about stuff realistically like other parts of life are just like opening up in ways that you didn't you didn't really anticipate and it's like you got to make some like kind of like grown-up decisions about like who you want to be what you want to do where you want to be 
you know, it's tough, but it's, it's, it's interesting, but it's, uh, it's a lot, honestly. I don't know. Have you been feeling, do you feel any of that? Or is it like, um, are you, are you comfortable with it? Or is it something that like, I don't think I'm comfortable with it. I think I've been feeling it a little bit, but I think a lot of it has to do with where my, like, life is at. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, I think I'm just cope, like, figuring out and coping in year two of my professional life, right? Like, this is, I'm, actually, I'm technically about two years total down. Yeah. So, compared to a lot of other people where, like, oh, they're, like, four or five years into their professional life after graduating college, I'm half that. So I'm, it's finally kind of hitting me of like, oh, this is life. Like, this, this ain't going to change too much for a while. Um, and I'm still getting a lot of good experiences, right? Like I went to Japan this year. I got some friends that are planning a Vegas trip in the spring. So like, there's plenty of like left to do and see plenty of new experiences to be had. But the day-to-day is feeling a little stagnant, but also feels a little, like, empty. I don't know. We're, we're, we're veering dangerously close to the territory where I bitch about being single, so. No, I mean, I, I can kind of understand. Like, I personally am, like... I can understand where you're coming from because I I think I'm I'm like myself being afflicted with like similar fears, not necessarily in like the content, but in in the feeling of the fear itself, where it's like you know, um, I don't know how to say this. Like one of the reasons I was talking about too, you know, we were talking about like the, the, the mentality of like, Oh, you know, you're going out, you're getting energy with people, but then you also have like the sense of like, Oh fuck. Like I got to start growing up. Like I want to, you, it's not even like, Oh, this, this, like this albatross of this like duty or this obligation. It's it's like, it's something I want to do. Like, I love the idea of like having a home and having a family and and doing that stuff. Um, it's just like, there's another part of me that does not, no matter what, I I would, and I, I would not want to look back on this part of my life and be like, man, I was just like rushing to get out of there, or I didn't pay attention to what was going on when I was around it. I I didn't I didn't I wasn't you know present enough. I I didn't I didn't appreciate who I was and where I was and what it all meant for just simply what it was instead of always thinking like. It could be different. It could be this. It could be that. You I know? definitely that's don't maybe... think I'm feeling that. Okay. Like, well, that's good. That's. I mean, uh, I've said it for it over a year life. now. Of like, I'm currently living teenage me's best life. Like overall. I am kind of jealous of your pad, dude. You got a pretty sick setup, um, honestly. Like. And that's the thing too is like I really do appreciate where I'm at in life overall. Like again fuck it i got to go to japan for like two fucking weeks this past summer and just bum around in tokyo hanging out i 
have time for my hobbies. I've been running a podcast for goddamn four years now. I, like, I 3D printed an entire Mandalorian costume for Halloween. Like, I have done things, and I've experienced things, and I've put my my sweat and tears and blood and energy and mind into trying to just enjoy where I'm at and what I have and who I have. And maybe I'm just trying too hard, but I definitely don't think I'm going to look back and regret like, Oh, I didn't live in the moment. But what I am, what I do, I'm I'm trying not to let it control me, but I'm at the age my parents were when I was born. Yeah. And it's like, damn. Like, I, way more often in the last, like, two years, I have realized, like, holy shit. I did not realize just how young my parents were when they had me. Like, they they had a kid at, like, 26, 27, or whatever it was. 25, 26, I don't, I don't fucking remember off the top of my head. I'm sure I could do the math. But, like, then thinking back on my childhood of, like, oh, yeah, they they were trying to figure out what the fuck to do and how to make this happen. Like... My dad's career was functionally if he had a job and then they looked at him and said your job won't exist so he went and became a Twitch streamer. Like, is the equivalent of today. Or like he started doing shit on TikTok. Like, it it was a, like, it's a wild looking back on it at the age I'm at and just being like, man, you, I never questioned if my parents were making the right choices and now being almost that age it's kind of like oh they were they were absolutely doing the best they could that's a wonderful perspective though to have received you know yeah and like that's one of those things too like i'm i'm definitely not ready for a kid Mm mm-mm no, I gotta iron. I gotta, dude. I'm, I'm still like there are weekends where I'm still out both nights until like the early hours of the morning. You know, it's like I'm. I I will say I. Not this is going to happen, but if for whatever reason like a kid got dropped on my doorstep, like in a fucking movie or some shit, I'd have the knowledge and responsibility to overall ensure yeah. the child survived i don't know if it wouldn't be a perfect childhood it definitely have uh some lingering problems just psychologically but wouldn't don't we all that's just yeah. how being a child of a parent works um but like it it survive it get fed clothed sheltered educated all that stuff but i don't think i'm like ready I I am not. I, I still have, like, I do think something you pointed out is actually worth um, highlighting where you said, you know, 
uh, you know, I've done things like I, I've gotten to really do things. And I, I think that is a nice part about this, this part of like life so far is that it's like, yeah, like you're, you're again, you're still young. So you still have like time ahead of you at the same time. It's like, you can look back and you probably have at least done some things like some notable things. And this is This sounds really awful, but like if you, if you did for whatever reason, pass away tomorrow, like you go to bed tonight, you know, wake up, like you would still have stuff left over from you that like people could, there would be markers of like your memory in the world, yeah. you know, like the, 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 the show, um, all the stuff you printed, like obviously the effect that you've had on the people that you work with and the people you helped do there, obviously like your friends, like myself and John and Calvin and Rance and all the rest. And um, yeah, it's, it's like, it's cool to have those like mementos and those memories. And I think it's like, um, this it is, is tough. Cause then you're looking at the next step, you know, you're like, yeah. okay, so like how, like I got here, I got here. So and what I know, is the, I know this, yeah. the goal I want to get to is the marriage, family, house thing, because mm. I, for as bad as I was at it as a like teenager in terms of being an active family member, mm-hmm. I did appreciate that environment and the warm fuzzy feelings I didn't know what to do with. They scared me. Because how could I possibly <laughs> feel happy? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I want to eventually have a family and pass on my name and my knowledge and my joys and celebrate the joys of, who, like, whatever, chi- the child I have. But there's steps in between here and there. And the more time that goes by the harder those steps become. Yeah. Which, and I, because I think, and this is for a number of reasons coming from me, but like, I do think it's the duty of people who want to have, like, if you do want to have children, like, it is your duty as like a human being and a future mother or father or just a future parent to like, try and iron as much of your shit out before you have a child as possible. Like, ideally you do it even before you get into a relationship with someone, but there's a lot of stuff with your own psyche that won't be revealed uh, think, until you're actually. I think it's worth lot. putting out there that even any change in your life overall digs up new parts of your psyche and new problems you didn't even know you had. Yeah, 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 and, and like there will always be that to kind of contend with, and you just got to find a way. To do the best you can with it and it does sound really bad because i think sometimes people can take this as i know i could be very like i can be either very like oh go with the flow or i'm like completely anally retentive and trying to like control everything and those are like two same. poles that i go between you know what i mean and absolutely the same it's much better to just like i don't know how to do it i think it's literally just the continued process of of like trying so many different types of routines and different types of things and like all this and eventually you just like build up like 
kind of a I don't know I I really don't know how to explain this. Um, the goal is to almost like transcend that those two states and to just get to a point where you just accept life as it comes. You're you looking for of, Zen. Yeah, basically, right? The oneness like, of mind, the spirit, and body. Yeah. Where in and doing it, so, I I was reading more out of my book last night. Um, but in doing so, you if you lean too much into the physical, that's uh, the mind, the physical, the, that's the planning, right? The, I need to control everything. I need to have everything ordered. I need to know what's going on. I need to, the, the more I can control it, the more comfortable I am because I know everything that's going on and nothing can touch me. Yeah. You flip to the other end of it to spiritual and it's go with the flow. Whatever happens, happens. Oh, I forgot to pay the, the monthly bills. That's all right. Like, you're too loose, you let too much go, you're not on top of it. And in the middle is the kind of accepting life for what it is. It's the, I'm taking in things, I'm planning for the moment and for future moments, but I'm not trying to get my iron grip on reality. I'm understanding that however it plays out, I am but a cog in the gears and that while I can make my plans, I can't control, I can't plan for everything, and so be willing and able to adapt as the unknown happens. Um, I think an apt thing for it is, going back to the Dungeons and Dragons, you got, if you're running the game, you have to prepare your session, and some people will fall into the trap of over-preparing. They know everything, they have planned for every possibility, you get to the city and they know every single work. They know every guild. They know every family in that guild. They know every family relation in the city. They know who owns what dogs. And then none of it gets used because the players don't go into the city and you just spent hours and hours of your life planning for something that never happened. The flip side, you don't do any preparations so that when the players do anything, you don't know how to really respond appropriately. And in the middle, you do some planning, you do some prep, get an idea of where things are going to go based on what it is, but not so solid that you can't adapt as necessary based on what you have prepared, kind of the things you want to happen and how you might adjust them appropriately. Uh, and then as for the mapping, literally leave blanks in the map. Like, leave space, leave holes in the map for what other people fill it in with. beautiful way to think about it leaving holes in the map honestly um that's a that's a genuinely um a really sincere like wonderful because even i mean even like there's no perfect map like even just re talking real life like whether it's a state map a city map you get on google maps like you always have to pick your scale at what scale are you going to be looking at the world around you? And no matter the scale, you have to leave something out. You do. That's like, I think that's, um, it's interesting because I think we're, we're, I don't know how to, I, I'm, I'm like coming up on a lot of things in this conversation. I don't know quite like exactly how to articulate, but like, 
work i i do feel like we're at an age where like like i've been saying you still have that energy of youth but like the thing about youth is like it's really i'm not even it's not like i'm an, i'm not an old geezer but it's like compared to being 20 i am you know like i remember how i like if i met someone who was 26 when i was 20 i would be like oh my god my god you're almost 27 too holy shit it's almost a full decade um and just like the thing about youth is like youth is like so idealistic and ambitious and ah, wonderful you're learning this, because of that you're learning this old phrase uh what james phrase? a phrase that was taught to me by my father uh youth and enthusiasm will never defeat age and treachery <laughs> damn that's a little bleak is it not <laughs> it's a little bleak but it it really gets to what i think it gets to what you're saying a little bit of youth when you're younger 20 whatever you've got tons of enthusiasm and energy and like you're ready to take on the world but you have no clue what the fuck you're doing and no idea what you're talking about yeah the the confidence is unearned to a degree you you have it naturally because you are so like young and because there's just this like literally a naturally vital like essence in your body um and like as you get older i definitely think at least in in my experience of like thinking like of how different i am today versus how i how i was when i was younger like when i was younger i was even more erratic i was so idealistic and had all these all these plans a few of them which i've like filled to completion and uh i, I found quite a few holes in the map on a road that I had thought was certain and I could not have been happier to have like found them. And I think yeah. like one way that you've been talking, um, I think that I, I really admire is like, you, there's like a trust in life. And I know it sounds like kind of hippy dippy and this is where it gets, it can get a fine line with like getting a little too loose, but it's like it, I think it, there's such a, there's often like a compulsion where it's like, you know, when, when we say just like trust that things are going to work out, you know, still work towards what you want, but like trust, you gotta, you gotta. I, I, I take to elaborate a little bit. Like I really truly, yeah. particularly like in high school, I would say that everything works out in the end. Yeah. And I didn't have it as like fleshed out at the time, but it was my ultimate point was like, look, even if things go to shit, either it all works out, or you die and it's over. Like, yeah. that's it. Then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Congratulations. But now, these days, it really is, like you said, more of that trust of, like, some of the worst moments of my life, some of the worst things that have ever happened to me, ultimately, like, steered me in a direction that I wasn't expecting to go but helped. Um, and like, and not in a silver linings way, but in that way of life is unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen exactly. And obviously there's statistics behind it, right? Like if you sit at home, never leave your chair, watching TV and housing as much Taco Bell as you can possibly stuff into your body on a given day. No, you're probably not going to go win 
the um uh, I, I wanted to say Arnold Palmer bodybuilding contest. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, the Arnold Palmer bodybuilding. I get yeah, into that probably, one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arnold Schwarzenegger like king of the like Superman competitions, right? But yeah. if you keep, like you said, you keep working at it, work towards your goals, be open to change. You never know what where things could lead. Well, and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Like, here's the here's the real here's the real the real deal, the real meat and potatoes of this whole this whole Midwest casserole that we call life. Like, there's nothing better in the world than just to be a regular human being in the world. Like, I from someone who has been pursuing from like a very a relatively young age, like a craft and in some ways has accomplished what he set out to do and in other ways has like failed to do it uh far past certain dates and expectations like i can say for myself like the simple feeling of being someone who's just like getting up and going to get like a breakfast sandwich somewhere and like walking around on a sunday morning and coming back home and getting on a call with a friend and talking, you know, through the afternoon and doing all this other stuff, like just doing regular mundane people stuff, making a dinner for people or going out to somebody's birthday or, you know, whatever, like, don't get me wrong. I love my work and I, I love, I love my craft. Like it's, she's, my muse is my only girlfriend. <laughs> like that's, she's it. She's the one. Um, it's just like there's nothing better than just being a person. There's there's nothing I love better. Being a person. And I I do too. I think like, I think it's I think I, it's I, I would solid seven out of ten. Almost an eight, I would say a seven out of ten is like But like that. That's seriously I, I've realized in the last like four years of my life, I'd say that's really all I want out of life is to just be a person. Like I I don't want right a mansion i don't want billions upon trillions of dollars i don't want to be like mega star famous i don't want to be dirt poor i don't want to be homeless i just want to be an average person who gets to live his average little life and don't pay too much attention to me and that's like i think it's so like admirable and wonderful honestly and and and, like I let me live my NPC dreams. Yeah. I mean, and I think part of the shift that we're almost like describing is like, cause I I do think partially it's a partially uh, a universal thing with like youth, like a lot, especially like a a lot of young people, you know, men and women have all these, like, they're like, you know, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a, a, a game designer. I'm going to be a rock star. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to be all these things. Like, this is what I'm going to be. This is my life, and this is how I'm going to see it. And the sum total of life is boiled down to essentially, like, following, a, like, a profession or a passion and, like, accomplishing something through it, you know, which is, like, pretty basic, pretty standard. But it rests entirely on one thing. And life is not 
that one thing so much in the world comes into play when we like follow that one thing and if i've realized anything it's like i love like writing and all that like i really do when i have a family if i'm fortunate enough to have a family like my writing oh you will have a family james I will kidnap a family for you, and you will have one, damn it. And you're going to be implicated yeah. in the crime. You will have a family. You will be happy. Take those kids that. to school. Um, <laughs> no, Don't forget to roll like, down the window and tell them embarrassingly how much you love them. Those kids are going to come first. Like, I am not going to be... I'm not going to play out this, like, 80s stereotype, this American caricature of, like, the, the talented father who's like busy working in his study while the kids are running around. Like it's one of the reasons why I talk about wanting to accomplish some of this stuff and get some of this sorted out before I settle down with anyone. Cause it's like, I want to make sure that I've laid enough groundwork where like, like, again, like I love writing and there's a part of me where honestly, if the rest of my life, like if I moved, where I want to move and I just lived in a Northwoods cabin for like the rest of my life just writing stories talking with people in different places in the town like it would be kind of a quiet a little lonely a little sad I would still be content I'd get to do for the most part what I want to do we don't get everything that we want in life and that's just that's just how it works but like I don't know and maybe Maybe it's an American thing where so much of our identity for so long is wedded with the idea of like a profession and working hard and the idea that the only way, you know, like, uh, like this is, this is awful, but like the whole like work makes you free thing where it's like obviously not American, but Mm. that phrase oddly and creepily enough, like applies a little bit where it's like, just work hard enough. And like, you're, you're like, you'll find, you know, you'll find like, well, it's an idea that value comes from what you can produce yeah and it's like i like it's fair it's like if i had not followed like the the passion of writing like i would not be where i am today i wouldn't have the lessons that i have learned i would be a different person and 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 you know in some ways maybe that would be better for me and and in other ways maybe it would be worse it's just like um it's just interesting to slowly go through uh, an inversion of your entire value system is like what I would say. Yeah. You spend so long, like very focused on one thing. And you, at least for me, and maybe I've just been like naive, honestly, I, I wouldn't put it. I, I'm kind of a late bloomer in a lot of ways, but like, yeah, you, you, this inversion of like, Oh shit. Like there is something to, live for beyond just this like abstract notion of a craft or like a, some kind of like spiritual or artistic personal mission. I know I'm basically saying like, Oh, you know, I realize is that I should care about other people uh, as well. It's such, such, such a paltry that, that Hang phrase on, we should, we should so... probably get John in here to see if he's ever thought about caring for other people. Yeah, I'm sure he has. I'm sure. And John is, Carrying his heck. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what we all look like. I would say in... I want to say in 10 years, because that is... 
2033, November 20th of 2033, where will we be? I wonder. At this exact time, 9.12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 11.20.2033. Well, we'll be a decade I... older. Hi. Yeah, how are you doing, man? That's uh, Future James. You're You're going to be 37 and... 10 days. Ouch. I'm going to first say ouch. So you're, you're a little old. You're, you're getting gray. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, I wonder what you found, you know, I wonder what you found. If I, if I'm sitting at this desk in 10 years, I have a problem. Like somebody come save me. <laughs> I'll hire a SWAT team. I don't think you'll be sitting at that desk in 10 years. I think I'd I like to promise I won't be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. Yeah, we'll Unless have to. We'll I'm have to. Can I leave? How old? So, Better Buddies would be what? Almost fifteen years old. If it yeah. in twenty thirty three. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. We'd be having the same conversations, so you know it wouldn't uh wouldn't change too much. So cool. So cool. I love that. Because it started in 2019. So it's... Yeah, it's four, it turns four years old. Uh, what's, uh, yeah, wait, what's the actual birthday? Oh, God, you're going to make me pull that up? Um, what's the fifth episode released? Uh, i got to pull up the thing. Uh, episodes. Episode list. It's not, not doing the thing. Do the thing. James. What? Oh, sorry. Hold on. Shit. Um, I gotta go all the way to the end. God damn it. Uh, okay. Episode one, Deer and Dungeon Crawling, came out November 7th, 2019. That was, uh, two weeks ago. We missed our own birthday. I, uh... And I also lost my co-host, I guess. He got summoned away. Not sure by who or for what. Maybe he just didn't want to face the fact that we missed our own birthday. But, uh, it's almost the anniversary of our third episode. Hey, sorry. I didn't get a patch for my... What, 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 I, I missed what you said. Um, what did you say? Uh, so what I was saying, I'll repeat it for your benefit. Uh, episode one came out on November seventh. Wow, one one seven! Oh my god! Almost like perfect. I intended it. I didn't. Wow, did that was not intentional. Oh, it was all part of the plan. That being said, though, sure. because it was a weekly thing, uh, we are a day away. Like episode three came out. On in twenty nineteen tomorrow. Oh really? Yeah, November twenty first, twenty nineteen, episode three, our first Star Wars episode. Oh my god! Beginning a noble tradition. We actually haven't had a Star Wars conversation in a while, but I feel like that's because Calvin hasn't. Uh, been we on. also haven't had much. Like we haven't consumed much Star Wars content recently. That's Although, give actually... me a give me a minute. I could I could uh, get some Star Wars comics going. 
There's a great Darth Vader series called Darth Vader Black, White, and Red. What is it about? It's about Darth Vader, dipshit. No, but I mean, like, doing what? Uh, it's just, like, <laughs> stories you. about Darth Vader and, like, his time serving in the Empire. Um, there's also a great comics event they're doing right now called Dark Droids, where an ancient force entity is combined with an even more ancient droid code to basically turn into a droid plague that is turning into a hive mind of droids across the entire galaxy. It tries to bond with the flesh through cyborgs. It's pretty... It's pretty sexy. R2-D2 is a team... Where it's currently at is R2-D2 is teaming up with two assassin droids that are comic-specific, IG-88, four loam, and a astromech that was a fan creation called QTKT. Um, but yeah, the description for episode three is in what will likely be the first of a few, this episode is heavily star Wars themed just in case you missed that in the title. Oh, and we also list our favorite towns. That's so cute. Dude, I got to go back and listen to some of these really old episodes. All right. I think it's a uh, time to wrap up though. Cause we're, we're a little over an hour. We didn't do anything besides the icebreaker. Quite the chat, yeah. I could throw Not out even a, jokes. We could uh, we could throw out uh, recommendations really quick if we wanted to, just like a really quick one. Let's do the let's do a quick how to be a better buddy. That way, we at least give some advice. Okay. How to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. If you bought your girlfriend Subway for lunch, how would you compose yourself if you witnessed her putting chips into her sandwich? And question asker. You will be the first on the funeral pyre. A woman. Have you I'll never marry. had Doritos on a sandwich? That's. I mean, how could you? How could you watch something like that happen and just not be just, just enamored? Fall so hard in love immediately. Like if we were not. I mean, let's also put it out there too. Like in a slightly more serious note. There is a lot of social pressure when it comes to women and the consumption of food. All food. Doesn't matter what kind. So the fact that your girlfriend is foregoing any sense of, like, what would be considered appropriate for this sandwich, and is just crushing those chips onto that thing, she's just eating to eat. Which means she trusts you. So, yeah... Yeah, She's not I just think to it's... be attractive. She's not trying to impress you. She's not trying to make it seem like she, like, eats super healthily. She's putting some goddamn Frito Lay's onto that turkey sub. I would just be so, yeah, smitten. You know. Now that being said, yeah, very... if she's putting it on a meatball sub, what the fuck are you doing? That's where you draw the line. Uh, the reason is because the chips don't add anything at that point. They don't retain the crunch. The sauce will get them soggy too quickly. Maybe she does it for flavor. Have you had a meatball sub at Subway? Yeah. Then you know that she doesn't do it for flavor. There is one overpowering flavor in a Subway meatball sub, and that is marinara. Maybe she's doing it for you. Maybe she's doing it for you because she knows it gets you going, and she just wants you to... Uh... She doesn't just, want to be at the subway wants, anymore. She wants you to take her home. She No, she wants both of you to go to town right there uh, in the subway. Oh. Oh my. That's They're going to get a health code violation for that. That's Don't do that to subway. 
I'd love that. Like, uh, I could see that in like a like a teen uh, comedy, like a a, a teen comedy. Like, no, not like the opening of like you know one of those teen comedies where everyone's obviously being played by like a fucking twenty five year old. You know what I mean? Like, no, I know what you mean for that that aspect of it. I'm just more thinking like, no, they would not. It would not be a teen comedy that has like the people eating a sandwich and they just go to fucking town in a subway. It'd be an adult <laughs> comedy where they're like, oh my god, this... You know what it would be? It'd be a fucking Saturday Night Live sketch. It wouldn't even be a full fucking movie. It'd just be a Saturday Saturday Night Live sketch where they're like, oh my fucking god, this Subway sandwich is so good! I don't know, dude. I could see, like... I could see we don't, start Don't out, use okay. yourself! Use the sandwich! We... We... <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I, I think do. that might be the grossest thing I've ever said. <laughs> Just use the Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest, I kind of love a delayed, uh, a, a time delay joke. That it hit me. What I would like to pitch is, is this. I say it's the opening to our movie. Is the opening to our movie? It is. It is. Uh, it is. We open with uh, a young man and a young woman. We'll say it's a high school comedy. It, again, we're thinking high, of this is like eighties raunchy teen comedy. Think in the vein of like Mean Girls or, 90s, or 80s. yeah. Either a, way, 80, raunchy teen comedy. They're sitting yeah. in the subway. Yeah. It's lunch. It's and it, there's the, an old the couple at play... the table across the way. The way we, yeah, 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 exactly. Because the way we play the scene out is initially it's it's simple, it's kind of a little lame, um, but it's cute. It's like it's a nice, innocent. We don't. It could be a first date. It could just be these two kids. Uh, it could even be that they're just really good friends. Um, it in reality, they're they're definitely like they would definitely be uh, uh, partners. But um, or maybe this is just the, these two people who've been a couple for a while, and they're and you know these. So they're uh, at Subway. They're eating the sandwich. They're at Subway. But we're establishing a sense of like awkwardness, yeah. uh, teenage awkwardness mixed with uh, with a familiarity of people who've, who've yeah, yeah. kind of interacted with each other. We, we're we're and, running uh, out of time on this. We got to speed it up a little bit. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So basically, they order the stuff. They're being cute. They're being. It's like ah, oh, that's so nice, and it's like kind of sweet. Maybe a, a few people. Like in the restaurant, like even the old couple, maybe like you know, like they notice and they're happy because like oh, young love, and they start yeah. eating and like, and then the cinematography slowly switches it to gets... as they're like eating the sub, e- each of their sandwiches, it gets like it starts to get weirdly suggestive. Oh, I was <laughs> I was thinking it would become the weirdly suggestive of like they sit down with their subs and unwrap them, and like she takes out the bag of chips and like. As she takes, like, she takes out the bag of chips, and from there it gets weirdly, like, slowed down and suggestive of, like, she's slowly opening the chips, and she takes, like, she takes them out and is putting them on the sandwich one at a time. I'm sorry, this is gonna be some disgusting imagery, but yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, he, he, even the, the, the guy or the girl, like, the guy works his his fingers up underneath the wrapper of his uh of his own sandwich and just like quickly like turn the wrists like rips it open you know the girl is like yeah she's like opening the bag really slow and like people start to notice oh no no no, no. Blah, 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 I, blah, blah. Oh, I was thinking it was just the cinematography would be slow the cinematography is the only thing that actually slows down to make it sensual 
Otherwise, it's just them eating fucking sandwiches. Like, if you sped the uh, camera back up, they're just eating lunch. I think their acting slowly gets more... Yeah, um, as, as the, like, as they begin eating the sandwiches, yes, it, the acting does catch yeah. up. But initially, and, uh, it's just them eating sandwiches. Okay, and but the way it's shot begins to get yes. very sort of... Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah that's... And uh, then the acting like catches better... up to the cameras. Yeah. And then, for whatever reason, that on God's unholy green earth, you've decided they go to town in a subway. Yeah, and, yeah, they don't... Obviously, they're not They're not fucking. They just... They're, they're like, ma- they're fucking, like, making out. It's fucking disgusting. But it's okay, just, Okay, we like, went to two different places on that one. That's, I, that's, on, what, that's on us for not communicating. That's what I'm thinking is, like, it, it's just, like, it's fucking... It's funny. It's, like, gross. Weirdly, you're also, like, I kind of want to, like, be them. Like, where's that person for me? But, and then, you know... This is we, why you're the we, writer like, and I'm not. We, you know, we... we the camera pans slowly over maybe to something on the window or something. That's the title, the title card of the movie that yeah. comes up. And I, I don't know what it would be. Subway. What would the title of this movie be? It's just Subway. <laughs> <laughs> it is the, it is the corporate show propaganda promoting how Subway is a magical place. Subway is a magical place. Forget about Jared uh, Fogle. Please eat here. We begging you. <laughs> Has enough time passed that you forgot we used to have five dollar footlongs? You know what? You know what'll really get people to forget Jared Fogle is uh, is teen sex comedies based. On <laughs> That's, that really removed uh, the stigma. They're, they're Catholic church esque stigma. Um, I'm just. I, I want to try and think of a. I guess I would. What would I call it? What would we call this? I really do just want to call it Subway. Subway? I think it could be like a chapter title. I don't know if we could call them. Well. Why not? In this corporatocracy of America. It's not going to be a movie about Subway. <laughs> no. I want, it, I want my Subway movie. Um, I think it could be something like. Uh, like. Hmm. Hmm. What would it be? What would I? What would we? You don't have our, anything. Our, our teen summer comedy. What? What would it be called? Our, our teen, uh, uh, high school, like a high school movie. What could you call it? You call a raunchy it, teen uh, comedy. I, I think yeah. we need more of the movie before we can figure that out. We literally just have the opening. Yeah, but I feel like that opening sets the whole. That sets um, the whole tone. Give me a title from that. My summer bromance done. It's a. Uh, it's about four. F- <laughs> we're just doing fucking Pineapple Express, but I think it's Pineapple Express. No, not Pineapple Express. What's the fucking one where like they're high school, they're high schoolers, and 21, they uh Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty One Jump Street. No, 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 no. Where they they have the party with the kid with the fake ID that's like from Hawaii and is oh, a meme. That's super. That's super bad. Super bad. Yeah. It's just fucking super bad, but with four kids instead of two, and it's the Iraq shitted up in the unrealisticness. Oh, bam! There we go. We call it super good. Yeah. Done. Super good. <laughs> no one'll be any wiser. I like either super good or uh, a year of summer. I think would be kind of good, but that—that's kind of not Phineas and Ferb movie. Oh, gross! Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Then, uh, yeah. Thank well, you for joining. I don't think it's 
Thank you for having me. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our Meme Mondays. And our icebreaker questions. Our X, formerly Twitter, account is at BetterBudcast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, questions you need advice on, or just send some fan mail. We'll read it on air. And last but not least, be a better buddy. Good dog. Ew. Oh, I am so fucking tired. Yeah, I'm kind of tired too, honestly. My body just decided it didn't need to sleep this weekend. Like, fuck me. What'd you end up doing? I just tried to sleep. Like, I literally, I'd go to bed, I'd sleep for like like i'd sleep for like three to four hours really and then we'd just toss and turn the rest of the night like how do you shit feel was fucked. now huh you, you must be exhausted then i i was like three nights in a row of that and then on sunday i crashed for like 45 minutes on my couch at like one o'clock because i just couldn't stay awake 